Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get the episode started. I have something exciting to tell you about. We have launched the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That's right. You can now become a monthly supporter of the show for just a few dollars, less than a cup of coffee a month. You can support keeping these amazing dude stories coming to you. And there's even a bonus at one of the tiers that I think is going to be very exciting. I have some great ideas to come to as we develop this, but I wanted to get it launched and in your hands. So if you enjoy what you hear on this show and you want to help me to keep it coming to you, please go over to that link in the show notes, and that is patreon.com slash keto. Thank you so much, my friends, and on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am excited to be with you today to bring you yet another story of an amazing dude that I have connected with. And with me today, I have Xavier Perez on the line. Xavier, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing, Gourmet. How are you doing today, my man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm excited we're getting to talk, and I'm ready to dive right into it. So without further ado, let's just get to it, man. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Well, Gourmet, I've uh, been listening to uh, your podcast um, for a while now, um, and every time that you start an episode, you know, with a classic question you know what qualifies you to be on the fat guy forum i always picture myself you know sitting down and answering that question right and so it's very exciting for me to uh be able to share my story and be here and i just wanted to take a moment before we dive in and thank you for the opportunity to have you know this conversation and also for you know bringing this amazing platform to all of us fat guys uh, that are trying to uh, better ourselves in this world so uh, what qualifies me to be in this in this uh, in the fat guy forum I I've been a fat guy my whole life man I've been a big guy my whole life I think that there is probably only one picture of me that I am not fat in, in my entire 32 years uh and it's a, i was a baby uh i was i don't know maybe i don't know maybe from two to three years old and um and, and it's just that one picture you know and every every turn that my life took um you know i cannot remember a time in my life that I wasn't gaining weight, you know, I, I just can't remember a time in my life, you know, that weight wasn't an issue or food wasn't an, an issue or, you know, and so I grew up in a, in, in Puerto Rico, uh, born and raised in Puerto Rico, um, grew up in a family of five, uh, you know, I have two sisters. I'm I'm in the middle. Um, one, I have an older sister and a younger sister, and then my mom and my dad. And so, um, I grew up in a very family focused and family driven environment, right? So, um, and food, I mean, guess what? Like it was there 
all the time, every time. And right before I started school, I moved uh, to my parents' hometown and we relocated to uh, a house that was right next to um, my grandparents' house, okay? And so, and then we lived like seven, 10 minutes away from my grandparents, uh, from my parents, from my dad's side. So we lived right next to my mother's side, grandparents, and then lived very close to my others, uh, my other grandparents. And my family lived all in that same hometown. So, you know, as a kid growing up, um, I was constantly eating, you know, just constantly eating. And, um, you know, I would go to my grandparents' house and eat. I would go to my other grandparents' house and eat. I would go to my house and then have dinner, right? And it was, um, you know, and my, it's not at fault to them, right? Like it's not, or you just, you were just around food and you ate. You know, there was, you know, and there was vendors that would go on the street with like, don't, you know, six donuts, six gourmet, six sugar donuts and a paper bag for a dollar, brother. Okay. So it's easy for a kid to find a way to get a dollar, go to your grandparent, get 50 cent, go to your other grandparent, get 50 cent. Guess what? You're getting six donuts, you know, and, you know. And the mentality about food back in the early 90s was not, and the knowledge that's out there is not the same that you have now, mm. right? Like, it, 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 the information that's available out there for parents and for or guardians, right, of a child or some or somebody that's raising a kid or making decisions on decisions on their behalf of what it is that this kid or this uh, you know, this child is going to be eating, like they have a better way to find information to then say, "Okay, boom, this is what you're going to eat, all right? You're going to do, you know, a, a balanced meal and this that and the other." And I'm not saying that it wasn't, but what my the point that I'm trying to get at is that I used to eat a lot, and it wasn't the best, right? You know, growing up, I remember like grocery shopping. You know, my dad would get paid every two weeks. You know, and then the three of us would get in our Isuzu Trooper, and we would go and fight over the front seat, and like boom get to the grocery store and i remember this cart just filled just like this shopping cart filled of food right and then that needed to last us for two weeks um obviously bread and milk and stuff like that you would buy but like the bulk of the food needed to last right the pop tarts the cookies the you know the frozen waffles the you know flavored yogurts the you know uh different kind of pastries right and, you know, I remember as a kid, I had no control whatsoever, right? And so when you are growing up with all those factors, and again, I'm not saying that, you know, I, that 
my parents didn't care or that my family didn't care. I'm saying that there was other stuff going on. So it was easy for me to just eat, 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 right? And so I grew up um, with my cousin and my sister because we were all, like my younger sister, my cousin and I, we were all in the same age group. So we would play, we built Legos. We would like, you know, play in the dirt, you know, be on bicycles, skateboards. And, you know, we had that childhood, you know, there was a little bit of Nintendo 64 in there. There was a little bit of, you know, PlayStation and stuff like that, but it was mostly outside. You play basketball, you know, in the community courts, or you would, you know, peel all the way to the roof of your tongue because you fell on this hill. Um, I remember there was a construction going on by my house when I was growing up, so we would play in the construction site uh, on these big cater caterpillar machines and everything. And so we were outside, but I was still a, a big kid because I was eating a lot. And that's something that I understand now. Like back in the day, everybody's like, oh, he's big boned. Oh, he's, you know, just he'll grow out of it, you know, but I never did. <laughs> you know, I never did. And, you know, that was my childhood, right? Like I was pretty active. I was, you know, I was happy kid. I was, you know, very loving, you know, grew up in a pretty close circle family between my mom's side and my dad's side and all my cousins. Um, and so there was a lot of family activities and, and stuff like that. So it was, it was a good childhood. Um, and, uh, and so fast forward to my teens, um, I, I became a guitar player, right. And we used to, uh, uh, attend to the, you know, to church. My dad was a pastor, you know, and, and my family was heavily, um, involved in the, in the church. But, uh, you know, I started playing the guitar and, you know, there's always food around all these things. Right. And so, you know, every Saturday, after church, we would gather and eat. And I would, I remember, man, I used to eat until I was passing out, you know, and then you take it and then you take a nap and you wake up and do an activity or something in the afternoon. And then once the sun sets, boom, you're going eating again, you know? Uh, so you just had, you know, 3000 calories for breakfast with pancakes and a bunch of stuff because it's your day off from school. So you have a big breakfast at home. Then you have this big ass meal, you know, for lunch. And then you go to dinner and you all meet up at this pizza joint and it's food, 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 right? And everybody would have their portions, but I would have my portion and somebody else's leftovers and that, 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 and it would, everything would add up. So, you know, going back to my, you know, earlier times and my, my teenager times, like, you know, I, I remember that you know, it was, it was a great life. Like it was a good life. I, you know, I had a great family. I had, you know, a lot of stuff going on and, and, and I don't necessarily remember why food was so important and why it was so something that I would do so much. Like why would it bring so much, you know, fulfillment and joy 
Um, and I always remember wanting to be fit. I always remember wanting to, you know, feel healthy, right? And be able to run and be able to jump around, and but freely, right? And be able to, you know, do the things that my other cousins did. And, and, and things like that. So, you know, it was, it was just confusing for me as a kid wanting to eat, but wanting to do all this other stuff too. Um, but food always won for some reason, the food always won. Um, and you know, if, if we fast forward to then, you know, getting into high school and my driver's license and the freedom, right? The being, you know, the only, the only boy of the house that, that gave me, right? Because my sisters were a little bit more, you know, with my parents and everything. And then, you know, I was, since I was playing the guitar and doing, you know, other activities, like I would go out and, uh, be, be alone, you know, and not, not have any supervision. And so, you know, the decisions were not necessarily the best, right? So, um, all of that added up, added up to the point that, you know, if, if we fast forward to, to college, like, you know, there were nights that I could eat nine Mac chicken sandwiches, you know, in one seating, you know, I could, you know, if we were at a house party and there was leftover pizza while everybody was chilling, I would go psh, kill it. Boom, boom. Two, three slices, you know, or, you know, I would do, I remember a lot of different podcasts that I've heard, um, you know, from, from, from you, uh, saying, you know, I had dinner before dinner at the drive through. I, I did that, you know, I did it, you know, and know the the quintessential food orders I did that you know <laughs> McDonald's I would I would spend twenty dollars thirty dollars in McDonald's no problem and then go and have dinner you know um, it, it, f food was something that was so just fulfilling in a sense that you know and I thought I was invincible, you know, because when you're, when you're in your teens, nothing hurts, you know, getting out of bed doesn't hurt, you know, sleeping three hours and then going about your day doesn't hurt, you know, uh, your feet don't hurt, you know, you can wipe your butt, no problem, because you stretch better, you know, you can, you know, bend over and grab something because you're younger, Right. And so one thing that I remember is, you know, my grandfather, he had, you know, di diabetes and he had heart condition and he had a big heart attack in 98 and he had to change his life in order to last all the way. So he he passed in uh, March of this of this year. Um. March? Yes, I think March. Um, and so, because he changed his life, that's, he lasted, you know, all those years. 
you know, and, but back in the day, um, I was like, I don't need to lose weight. I don't need to stop eating. Look at, look at my grandpa's. He's look at him. He's good to go. He eats what he ate, whatever he wanted. He had diabetes, high blood pressure, no problem. You know, because one thing I forgot to re- to mention is that I, I had high blood pressure at 14, 15 years old. I went to a cardiologist, brother, you know, and I went to the doctors. Like it, I, it wasn't at that point in my life. It wasn't that I I wasn't educated. You know what I'm saying? Like at that point in my life, I was making those decisions of eating like that and 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 putting aside all these other flags that are popping up. Hey, dude, <laughs> you should probably, you know, take care of this. You should probably take care of that. You know, you should probably stop doing that. You know, and, and, I, and I, I just did it. You know, advice from my mother, from my father, from like everybody, you know. Um, and it, and I think that part of the reason why I just continued to put it away is because I, I had a good social life. You know, I had a good social life. I had girlfriends. I had, you know, not girlfriends, in like several girlfriends, like one at a time, but had, you know, through my life, I had relationships, you know, and I was big. I was big, you know, and I like to think that all my girlfriends were good looking, you know, and, uh, and it was never, it was never a problem for me in a sense that you're like, when you have a problem with me and you go, I need to really, look into this, deal with it and fix it because it's a problem. But me being obese at that time, I didn't see it as a something I needed to deal with because it wasn't necessarily affecting me as I grew up. Does that make sense? No, I think I think it definitely does. And do you remember what you weighed around that time, like where your weight was just to get right, people so, a picture? Sure. So, you know, I I by the time I was you know, ending of middle school and high school, beginning of high school, I was wearing my dad's clothes. Okay. My dad is, well, he's five, six and he was never a big built. Like he was probably 170 ish at his highest weight. But, you know, I, I'm six feet tall right now. Um, and so I was always a big kid. So I was in the 200s. I was in the 200s when I was, uh, you know, in my teens. You know, I would go a size up every year of school, Gourmet. Every year of school. I remember going, dude, going to the to the store to buy my uniforms, it was a pain. I was like, no. And then I would get on the, you know, I try and get the 30 Huskies and I'm trying to fit in them. <laughs> and guess what? They don't fit. And if you get them like that, you got to wear them through the whole year like that. Because I went through a school that had uniform in Puerto Rico. the uh, And I know I'm probably in the States too. Like the schools, the private schools have uniforms, right? So I, I, we went to a small academy uh, in our hometown. And so, yeah, so uniform every year, boom. And if you grow out of it, you're SOL because... 
that's how you have to wear it because we're not going to buy anymore, you know? And yeah, dude, those, those were the struggles, you know? So I was in the two hundreds easily in the two hundreds. Um, when I was in college, um, in Puerto Rico at the age of 17, I was around 250 pounds. All right. Now this is the, this is, so up to now, you know, up to now, just to summarize, I've been in Puerto Rico, um, you know, very sociable, you know, you know, had a lot of fun, you know, I was very outgoing, um, you know, knew a lot of people. It was a great upbringing, you know, small town living, um, but now, you know, I go into this university, right, um, in Puerto Rico. I start living with some childhood friends um, in a separate uh, town, which was like an hour away from where I was raised. And, you know, obviously my practices continue, you know, of not necessarily taking care of myself. And so I ended up um having this realization that I didn't want to go to a university anymore. Um, and I'm like, I don't, you know, this is not for me, the classroom, the, the homework, all the shit. Like I, this is not for me. Like I, I am not a fan of like classroom learning, you know, and it's not something that, you know, I'm good at. I'm a chef, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I've been cooking for 15 years. Because, like, right after that time, right after that time, I decided to quit the university. And I went to work at a 24-hour cafeteria as a, you know, like, I did everything. I prepped in the kitchen. I did the bathrooms. And it was in the graveyard shift. Guess what? Didn't tell my parents. Okay? So... I'm doing that because I want to make money and I don't want to go to school anymore. And, you know, that, that decision right there really changed my life because it showed me um, something that I became very passionate for, which is and it's something that I had been very passionate for, which is food. So I used to work the graveyard shift and then stay for a few hours in the morning to help the breakfast guy. And it was a lot of fun. I was making five bucks an hour. Okay. You know, and this is 2005, 2005. Um, and, you know, I worked there for a few months. And I don't remember exactly how my parents found out. I don't know if the FAFSA sent a letter and said, hey, why aren't you in school anymore to my house? I don't remember exactly, but I had to come clean to my parents. I was like, hey, guys, um, guess what? not going to that university anymore. I want to go to culinary school. Okay. And so this, you know, was really a big time in my life. Um, because again, was another opportunity for my parents to be like, okay, you want to do all these things, but what about your health? And I'm like, no, you know, that's, that's okay. You know, and at this point I'm in the, you know, high two fifties, you know, to the low 300s, right? So I'm in, I was always in that range from in that time frame because, um, 
you know, I would get on these diets or I, or I would try and lose a little bit of weight, you know, and but I was never successful, you know. I was never, ever successful. So, you know, we fast forward a little bit and I am, it's August 2007. Um, and I am finally accepted at Johnson Wales University in North Miami, Florida. And at 19 years old, I moved uh, to the United States with $700 in my in my pocket and some underwear and some shirts and my chef coats. All right. And I go and I moved uh, to this dorm with a meal plan. Okay. And you're very familiar with dorms and meal plans because I know you've you've worked in that environment. Um, and you know how, you know, these compass group uh, uh, cafeterias are, okay? They got stations, right? And then you can pick and choose. Um, and obviously, I had the premium one because I needed my nourishment, <laughs> quote unquote. Um, and, you know, I blew up. I, I, I ate so much on that first year of college, you know, I remember they had a burger station and then you could get like cheeseburgers. And if your boy was working the station, he could hook you up with an extra cheeseburger. You know, we dude, the culinary labs, you know, you eat all this food that you make, you know, you eat everything, you know, if there, if we're doing, you know, uh, stock soups and sauces, and that's the class, and we're making, you know, bechamel, right? And we add cheese to make it a Mornay. Uh, we're cooking some pasta, and we're gonna eat mac and cheese today to try it. You know, if we are, you know, in the butchering class, you know, and we're we just butchered pork tenderloin, all right, we're, we're gonna eat that. You know, uh, and in and when you were in classes that were outside of the kitchen. Guess what? You're in the dining room participating of the class that's learning how to serve. So every day, you're not only eating from this meal plan, but you're in the labs just eating, 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 eating. Well, I can and only imagine. That, my God. You know, and, and at that point, I was in the 300s for sure. For sure. Um, and, and, you know, I was... Dude, I got stories like, you know, the, you know, there was a time, okay, that I, I was, I don't know if I'm going to gross anybody out, but, um, I had, I, I was in the bathroom and I stained my clothing because I couldn't reach appropriately. Okay. And people can read in between lines, you know? I, as, as a fat guy, I went through all this stuff, you know, just to give you some highlights. Like, dude, I bought this car, a sports car later on in my life that I bought it and I sat in it and I didn't fit. Okay. Like I would say that I loved Crocs, the, the shoes. But it was because I couldn't tie my shoe, my, you know, that's why I would, quote unquote, love them. You know, like, the, 
you know, I would say that I don't like belts, but it's because it hurts my belly, you know? So as you grow as a fat guy, you know, you, you start shutting all these things down or not doing these things because, and you say that you don't like it or that you can't or this, that, and the other, but it no, but you know, for a fact, why it is that you're not doing these things, you know, and it's because you can't, you know, you, you physically can't, you know, and I, the, the outdoor activities, the, you know, all this stuff, like my boys would go fishing. Hey, X, you don't want to go fishing? Nah, bro. It's hot. I got to carry a chair. I got to carry an umbrella. I got to be hot. No, I'm not going fishing. Well, guess what? The other day I went fishing with my friend in Connecticut because we can, right? Because I can do it now, you know, because it feels great to be able to carry all this stuff on your back, set it down and stand up and fish at a pier. All right. So that's just a different contrast, right? Of how the mentality has shifted. So, but then, you know, I, in culinary school, I met this guy and he was, uh, you know, one of my fellow Puerto Rican classmates and he was pretty fit, you know? Um, so he got me in the gym, dude. He got me in the gym freshman year of college in, in the States. And I went to 240. Okay. And I lost all that way about 60 pounds and went to 40. I was running four miles on the treadmill. Like I was feeling awesome. Awesome. But all of this happened, you know, in the, in my freshman year of college, right? I was living in the dorms. I was not financially tied to anything because I had a loan and I was good to go. Right. So sophomore year of college comes around. Guess what? You got to start working brother. And you got to move out of the dorm in the summer. Okay. So I moved into a friend with with a friend of mine and I started working at a barbecue joint right across the street from the college. And so now, you know, you need to make money and and things in life happen. Shit happens. Like you got to roll with the punches. Right. But instead of me keeping up with that program that I had, I just let it all go to waste. And I must have gained 50 pounds once I started working again in the kitchens, you know, and, you know, you got friends that are chefs, you know, you know, the workload, you know, you're on your feet, you're on the line, it's hot, you know, um, you know, there's alcohol involved, there's things involved, right? And so, um, yeah, I, I remember that. I, I, I gained a lot of weight, you know, and, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a good time in that sense, because at this point it was evident, like every time I went back to Puerto Rico, Hey, I gained another 30 pounds. Hello. I get another 20 pounds. Hello. You know, and everybody is freaking out, you know? Um, but when I left, that's it. I didn't have to, you know, put up with the pressure of my family, you know? So, um, fast forward to, you know, a few years, 2011. Um, I'm working at a hotel in downtown Miami as a breakfast line cook. At this point, you know, I'm not in college anymore. I graduated with my associates in culinary arts 
and now I'm just hustling to get to, you know, a managerial position, continued learning, growing and doing all these things. Right. So, you know, it's just the process of, of, you know, what becoming a chef is, right? Like you go to school or you go to a restaurant and you start learning, right? And then you grow in the ranks, right? You know, you become a, a line cook one, a line, then a, you know, kitchen supervisor or a chef de partie, right? And then you go and become a sous chef and then you become a banquet chef or a chef de cuisine, an executive sous chef and then an executive chef, right? So, um, I was a, a line cook in this hotel, uh, making breakfast, um, and so this is where I meet my wife, my current wife. Um, she was a server and I was a line cook over in this, in this hotel. Um, and you know, Elena came and she changed my life, right? Like she is, you know, somebody that, you know, in essence, gave a lot of structure to my life, right? Because at that point I was living, you know, with friends from college, you know, party life, cooking, you know, gaining weight, eating, you know, like an a-hole, you know, just, you know, being, being young in, in Miami, you know, not a care in the world about health, fitness, and all these other things. You know what I mean? I was just focusing my career, man. I wanted to be a chef, you know? I wanted to be a chef. I didn't care if it cost my health. I didn't care if I needed to, you know, burn my eyelashes off, you know? And that's the demeanor I had in the kitchen. That's the demeanor my peers had. Like, we all wanted to go get it. You know, we just graduated. We spent thousands of dollars in our degree, and we, if we want to make money, we want to work and we want to have fun. Right. So it was a great time in my life. Like, you know, living in Miami and, um, and, and, and being exposed to all of these events and things like that, that happen over there, food and wine festivals, you know, it's just very, very fun. Very, very fun. And so, um, when I started dating my, my wife, um, I, I probably went down to like 270, uh, 260, 270, and I was feeling pretty good, man. You know, I was feeling pretty good. I look good. Um, you know, you start, you know, in this relationship and you want to make your other partner feel good and you also want to feel good. So it was, it, it was a time in my life that I was like, okay, I think I beat this. You know what I mean? I, I think I think this is in my past. And what I mean is, you know, my weight issues and my unhealthy relationship with foods. Right. So at this point, I'm like, this is it's 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 in the past. You know what I mean? Like I've go, gone through all these struggles. I've gone through all these diets. I've gone through all of these things. And and now I'm good. But guess what? If you don't make the decision to do something, and and by and I want to make emphasis on making the decision, right? At that point, I never made the decision to change my life. At that point, Gourmet, I thought that this solved on its own. You know, at that point, I was like, 
man, it's going to be daisies and peaches. It's good. I have my, I have, uh, my girlfriend, she's hot. She's beautiful. She's successful. You know, we're killing it. We're doing this. We're doing that. We got plans, this and the other. And, and, and that's what I was putting my focus on. Right. Um, you know, but as the time progresses, what you get comfortable in a relationship, right? So, you know, you, you don't, you forget, you start going on dates, you start eating again, you start, you know, hiding and all the stuff just creeped back up, you know, and it didn't creep up too fast. Like it didn't redlined that fast. Do you know what I mean? But I knew inside of me that in any moment it could redline. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Like sometimes, sometimes you, you know, you, you have something going on in your life that comes back to you and you go, well, maybe if I ignore it for a little longer, it'll go away again, you know, but if, if you don't actually deal with it, right. And understand what's causing it and understand that all these stuff that you went through has to be dealt with, then it's never completely fixed. You know, so, you know, then a few years later, a few years later, we get engaged and I have this awesome opportunity to, at this point, I was the banquet chef of a hotel in Miami Beach. So, you know, in 2013, 2014, I was already a sous chef. Um, And then, you know, by 2015, I was a banquet chef of a hotel. So I was handling all the catering, all the group business in the hotel. Um, and so um, I had a Harley, you know, it, it, it was, I used to ride in, to and from work. Um, and I was working right there in, on, you know, 15th and Collins. So it, it's a pretty cool area. Like I was having a lot of fun, you know. Um, and then all of a sudden, I have the opportunity to um, go work in San Francisco, California. And so, as an executive sous chef, so it was a pretty big deal for me. It was a good promotion. Um, and so, you know, at this point in my in my life, health-wise, like, I've completely put it aside, right? Like, we... I'm not necessarily thinking about anything but my career path, right? Uh, not not active at all as far as working out. Not uh, really, you know, caring about my health, right? And I was probably a size 44 pants, uh, 3XL shirts, uh, and still wearing slip-ons, you know, like, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I wouldn't dress up for anything. I wouldn't feel comfortable dressing up. It was just, it was just different. You know, it, it wasn't, I was portraying like all of this, but inside of me, I always knew that this needed to be dealt with and my weight needed to be addressed. Um, and so when I get to California, like I get exposed to, even more food and more things to taste, right? Because you're in a new, 
I'm from I'm a kid from San Sebastián, Puerto Rico. Like it's a small town. I, they, you know, I got avocado trees in my backyard. All everything is green. No neighbors. Like I, there's no internet in my house. You know, no cable. You know, um, so for me going to San Francisco, California, and working in the middle of that big city, like it was so exciting and and so new and like we want to try everything. You know, so you want to try all the foods. Like you want to live on sourdough and hot chocolate, you know, and it's just, uh, yeah, not under control at all, right? So, and, you know, now we're going into the part of my story that is the most exciting for me because is the time in which I was able to start changing my mindset, okay? So, well, let's before before we kind of get into like your mindset changing. Sure. Like, l- let's talk a little bit about what what you've been through. Sure. Because um, I I think there's a lot there in your story that that people can relate to because, like you said, like when you were seeing your weight grow, like even growing up and, um, you know, becoming an adult, and obviously, there I think there's a lot you know we we can and 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 can talk about you know what it's like to go into culinary work when you have a food issue like that that's something i i think is is incredible every time i hear someone with a story like that like understanding you know what they're what they're exposed to and then kind of also you know how it can enable the behaviors and but it, it seems to me man like and let me know if you just you agree or disagree that you know going throughout looking throughout your journey like it wasn't as if you know, food was something that was there for you. It, it had become this comfort piece, but it also was like it was coupled with this lack of caring. You know, lack of caring the impact that it was having on you. It was having on your weight. It was having on, on all of these things in your life. You know, and it it was almost like you had to get to that point that you were going to start to care. You know, to make lasting change possible because you were you had these episodes where you were losing weight, and then you know, you'd lose that focus again and you'd stop caring about that, that, those behaviors you were building up and the weight would come back. So does that, does that sound right to you? Like that it was less of 100%, you know, less of an, an obsession per se, and more of uh, like lack of an obsession. 100%, 100% because, you know, it was, it was never something that I thought I needed to address, Gourmet. Does that make sense? You know, it, it, it was something that I thought would solve itself. Because I had seen so many people grow out of it or shrink out of it. <laughs> you know, I've seen so... I've seen so many friends that were chubby and big and then all of a sudden, whoop, they grew up, boom, they're done. It's good. They lost their weight. You know, they got they got abs now. But for me, you know, I just continued to build on it. <laughs> to build on it. And and it's, you know, just some I'm throwing something out there. Like you got to get passionate about changing 
and you gotta like be your your biggest cheerleader and continue to move through that change you know and find what works and and why right you know like for me like i found crossfit right and that's what's that's what did it for me but there were other things in my life happening that pushed me to make the decision as well because the decision is also another an important part of like making the decision is another important part of you know you actually moving to the change you know and so so, so yes, take go, us go now, yeah let, let's so take us into this part you know kind of where things change for you and like what what's been going on like take us through that so 2016 i i went to the cia the culinary institute of america to do some continuous education uh with the hotel company i was working for and so it was really cool gourmet because they fly you out there expenses paid and you spend a week with the chef instructors just having fun and cooking and learning right so at that point i met uh a you know a colleague of mine he's a colleague of mine now but i met him there he's like hey man you should come work with us in in amelia island florida like this is you know this is a pretty cool resort and you know we could we're looking for an executive sous chef that that would run the banquet kitchen. And, you know, this is a pretty big hotel. You know, you're looking at 80,000 square feet of meeting space. Uh, you're looking at 10 restaurants. Um, uh, you know, they had three miles of or have uh, three miles of uh, beachfront. So, you know, weddings, uh, you know, hotel buyouts and, and things of that nature. Um so very busy uh, operation. You know, you you know that hotel has international students, uh, which I was able to go and recruit in Indonesia and in India and also in the Philippines. Um, so very very cool opportunity that I had in front of me, so I took it. And after a year and four months in San Francisco, I moved to Amelia Island, Florida. Okay. Um, so me and my wife, we packed our things. Well, my fiance at the moment, uh, we packed our things and we moved, uh, to Florida. And so that job skyrocketed my career because I was able to do a lot of stuff. Um, there's something that they call task force. So I was able to go to different hotels and work. So I went to Nashville, I went to Tucson, I went to, um, uh, I went to uh, different hotels um, in Florida, I went to New York City, um, I did this recruiting trip twice that I went uh, abroad. So, you know, it was a really, really cool experience that I was able to, to get this job, right? So... Um, but with that, <laughs> I was the chef of the conference center kitchen. So I had uh, the main hot kitchen. I had the cold kitchen, the pastry department all in one. Right. And we were a commissary for the hotel. Uh, so 
Yeah. Uh, so 50 gallons of ranch would last me two days. Okay. Just so you have a perspective of, you know, how much food we were making. Um, uh, we had uh, probably, I don't know, maybe 40, 40 people total working in that kitchen in one day. Um, and it was hectic, hectic, busy as hell, busy, busy, busy. And so it was a rude awakening for me because I needed to, I was the man. So if you're the man, uh, you got to be there. Presence is key. You know, there was a lot of things that changed when we, when we went to Florida. And also the other thing that changed is that my wife started working, uh, nights. So we didn't see each other as much. Um, it was a very different, and we understood that going into this life was going to change, right? But but we needed to do this to propel our careers. So, guess what? When you have you know eight different breakfasts going out, there's a lot of food left over. Danishes, biscuits, croissants, uh, banana bread, uh, turkey sandwiches. Um, you know, leftover <clears throat> plated desserts. Okay. So I'm walking the floors. I'm on my radio. I'm touching clients. Like I'm, I'm, but I'm eating as I go. There's a speed rack with the Danish. Boom. Put it in your mouth like a taco and just kill it. You know, coffee drinks. Uh, everything they made, they took chef, taste this chef. Can you taste this chef? Can you, so you eat all day, you eat, you eat, you eat, you eat. Um, and me having this issue, I go into this place and I gourmet, I ballooned to from, I mean, when I came from San Francisco, I was already developing but I was probably at the 300 pound mark. But when I got to Amelia Island within less than a year, I was at 360 more or less. And I never hit more than that, but my weight, so this equation, my weight, my, the physical condition I was in, given that I was working 14, 15 hours a day, six days a week, no sleep, plus no physical activity. So I was feeling like shit. And my body deteriorated fast. Because at this point, I turned 30. Okay? And a lot of people... A lot of people say, oh, man, when you turn 30, shit goes downhill. It changes. You wake up and it, it changes. And it hit me like a ton of bricks, dude. Like, it, and I haven't talked about this too much. Maybe with my friend Capo and my wife and some of my family members. I, like, I've never said this before. But, you know, it, I, was, I was crumbling like blue cheese, man. You know, I, w I was not, I was not in a good place. I would, and after all of this, my whole day, I would get on my car that I didn't fit in, okay, because, you know, I bought it with my promotion, came a little bit of money, right? So I bought this new car, like, 
Florida is like half of the cost of living than California. So we were good. You know, so I go buy this car and like and I I drive through Whataburger and I would get, you know, that triple meat burger with large fries, the large shake, an extra chicken sandwich, you know, and 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 then I would go to McDonald's and get a McFlurry. And then go home. And then wake up the next day and do it all over again. And since me and my wife weren't seeing each other that much, I thought nobody was looking. So I was like, you know, nobody's going to notice, right, that I'm a 4XL right now. Uh, the 3XL don't fit. Um, and I was just feeling horrible, Gourmet. Horrible. Horrible, you know, from feeling great in my teens and in my 20s to now I'm 30 I got all this weight on my on my sh on my body and it was just not not good not a good place so I dude out of this I had a, an ingrown toenail that that my toe got so fat that it was basically swallowing the nail and then I had two bone spurs that grew on my ankles. Okay. So basically I'm limping around the conference center. Everybody's like, Chef, you okay? Chef, you okay? I'm not, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just fat. Okay. Um, and I go to this orthopedic and he's like, man, <laughs> I can take that nail out, but that's pretty much it. Like I, this, you got to lose weight. And I was like, okay. Surgery can't fix it. Fix my feet. I guess I'm gonna have to do something, right? Um, and so at this point, I started buying different shoes. Oh my God, is the shoes? So you know, I was you know, the chefs will always talk about shoes. The Birkenstocks, the Danskos, you know, the you know, the Mozos. You know, which ones are better? You know, um, and I was a Birkenstock guy. You know, and I st I started buying Dexter's. I, st I started buying all these other shoes, thinking it's the shoes, spending hundreds of dollars on shoes, and the pain doesn't go away. And, you know, like you've talked about this so many times, like, when are you going to realize <laughs> what the real problem is? Dude, like, when are you going to realize? And, and maybe you do realize it, but you're ignoring it. So, like, when are you going to start? paying attention to this right um and so the director of food and beverage of the hotel his name is omar vega and shout out to him if he ever listens to this um he he is the reason why i started doing crossfit you know he is not only a great guy but he's also a pretty fit individual um and he would walk around and one time i noticed him i was like dude you're jacked what are you doing so he flipped his hands and showed me the calluses from the barbell he's like he's like dude i'm doing crossfit and i'm like crossfit don't you puke like seven times before you even start this workout, like, what are you talking about CrossFit, man? Like, that's for crazy people. 
okay? So he said, come try it out. I'll give you a free session. I'll talk to the owner. Come try it out. And I was like, dude, I don't even have sneakers. So, no. Anyway, so long story short, he convinced me, okay? And so um, at this point, at this point, Gourmet, I had a, you know, we were engaged, me and my wife were engaged for like four years already. And we needed to get married and all this stuff. And so, like, all of that in a mixing bowl yielded me starting my quote-unquote journey, which, which was in June 25th of 2018 was the day that I said, okay, let's get with the program, okay? Let's get with the program. So I visit the CrossFit gym, you know, and I probably did, you know, 13% of the workout and I was drenched in sweat from head to toe and everything hurt. My thighs felt like a cooked brisket, like they were going to just fall apart. Um, And my first workout was, (laughs) was not even a workout. It was just like, okay, this is what we do. And this is how the rower works. And this is how you do ring rows. And this is how, you know, you do a squat. And this is how you do a, you know, barbell push-up and all this stuff. I got hooked. I saw all the CrossFit videos on Netflix. And I'm like, I am hooked. Why? Because there's a person there telling you what to do and how to scale it. Okay. So people were doing, you know, pull-ups, strict pull-ups on the barbell. Guess what? I'm with my bring rows over here sweating as much as you because we're essentially doing the same thing. And so fell in love with it, 100% fell in love with it. And that's, that's how my journey started. So with that, um, I shut the whole eating operation down you know, in the hotel, like no more, no more sweets, no more pastries, no more walking around eating in every kitchen, no more of that. And in my first week, I lost eight pounds and I was great, feeling great. And, um, progressively started, you know, doing CrossFit, um, started going for about three days a week. And then I built up to five days a week. And I used to do the 5 a.m. class. And I was, um, the working out part, once I got in the groove and I'm doing something that you that I like, it was never a problem going to the gym. Because there's a lot of accountability in a CrossFit gym, right? And people check in on you and people text you. And people compete with you and people want to see you do good. Especially at the CrossFit Fernandina location that I was going. Like really, really good people that have a really uh, good mission of really helping people. Okay. So, but then the, the part that I needed to deal with is the food, right? Because this is, we all know that, you know, you, you, you lose weight by getting on a caloric deficit 
based on your activity, you know? And so I started working through that and I started wanting to understand how to get to a point in which I am not gaining weight because this was the always the issue. I didn't know how to eat. I didn't know how much to eat or when to eat. Okay. So after I started CrossFit, I got opened to all the things that are, because when you start looking for this stuff, Instagram and, and social media just feeds you this stuff. Okay. And that's how I found obese to beast. Um, and followed him for a long time. And that's how I found Poro. That's how I found uh, Jarps. Uh, that's how I found you. That's how I found um, all these other athletes. Like, um, I I can't remember his name right now. But th- there's this one of the CrossFit athletes uh, that, uh, that has a YouTube channel. And, and so he posts all his workouts on there. Um and that's how I started learning about terms like intuitive eating, terms like, you know, intermittent fasting, terms like caloric deficit. Also, Jordan Syed, like this guy, um, like they put out all this content and I'm just starting to study all this stuff and learn it. And like, Xavier, you're doing it all wrong. Because you're putting all these calories in your body that are not, you know, they're just, it's like, (laughs) when I saw this picture that, you know, the 100 calories of strawberries versus the 100 calories of oil, you know what I mean? It's like, holy crap, like, this is crazy. It's crazy, right? So... I I said to myself from the beginning, like, I don't want to put myself in a diet that I'm going to fail. I want to put myself in a situation that I'm going to win. And I need to do that by understanding how to eat, you know. And that's what I did. And that's why it's taken me, you know, like, there's a lot of people that lose weight really fast, like, but that's why it, you know I'm two years into my 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 journey, but I haven't touched the hundred pound mark yet, you know, and that's okay because I wanna do it in a way that I never feel feel like I am not in control of what I eat. I want to be able to eat everything because food is my life like I cook for a living I make food for a living I make food look good and taste good for a living you know and not only I need to maximize revenues and you know uh, you know teach and mentor people in kitchens and I need to you know make sure that equipment is running properly and all these things but at the end of the day you need to know how to make food good and cook and as a chef right so I I never want to be so restrictive that I oh I can't try this I'm sorry because it's going to trigger me so I needed to fix how I saw it 
so that it never so that I don't come back to feeling or food making me feel a certain way. Does that make sense? No, so I, I need no, I think it definitely does. And and I, I think the important thing there that I, I think people should hear is like there's there's a lot of, you know, diet choices you can make or way of eating choices or whatever people want to call it. But if you're not working what is livable and sustainable and achievable for you, then you're you're just throwing your energy, you know, down the wrong hole. Like one hundred percent, and I, I think it sounds like one of the things that happened was like you you discovered, you know, you you got your body moving, you discovered CrossFit, like you 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 had levels to what you, you know how your journey evolved, and and I think that's smart, man. I, like I think that idea that you you continued to increase kind of your education, but find ways to because like let's be realistic, like you know as a chef, it's not like you can say. You know, I can never taste food again. You know, I can never taste, you know, I can't, I can't ever put anything I'm making into my mouth. I mean, there, there's probably someone out there who's doing that, who's going to like correct me and tell me that I'm wrong. But I, I think at the end of the day, like finding how your life works with how you want your life to be is, is a crucial, a crucial lesson for people to learn. 100%. 150%. You know, and... That that's that's the reason why it was so important for me, Gourmet, to find something that worked for me, you know. And every time you guys talk about this and say, "Well, what?" If people ask, "Well, what are you eating?" Well, you know, what works for me, <laughs> you know, th this is the stuff that makes me feel good right now, right now just to bring everybody up to speed to where I'm at uh, as far as my weight. So one quick thing, I, you know, I started doing 75 hard on July 15th. And, you know, I, there are a lot of people that are, listen to this podcast are familiar with it. But if you're not familiar with it, uh, it's a program that's uh, designed to create mental toughness, right? And also... Um, you know, it's from Andy Frizella, and I think at some point you probably tried it too, Gourmet. Um, and so I'm on day 27th today, um, and um, so you have to drink a gallon of water a day. You have to read, read 10 pages of a non-fictional book. You have to do two workouts a day, 45 minutes each. One has to be outdoors. You have to take progress pictures every day, um, and you have to stick to a diet. Uh, also, no alcohol and no cheat meals. So, for a long time, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it, and you know, obviously with COVID happening and all this stuff, so my hotel is not open, um, and I'm you know working out of my local uh, uh, pizza joint delivering pizzas. So, um, I have a little bit more time not running a, a, a hotel kitchen. So I decided to start it. I decided to start it. And so right now I'm at 282 pounds um, from, you know, when I started quarantine, I was probably at 305. Yeah, around 305. So when quarantine started March 23rd for me, uh, I was at 305. And right now I'm at 282 
Um, and and the reason I say this, and people may think, well, well Xavier, you gained weight. You know, you went to 305 and this, that, and the other. But in the journey, like, you're always going to have fluctuations in your weight, right? And one of the things that I want to tell people is that you you need to realize that it's not such a big deal as long as you continue pushing forward in some way. For me, I decided to take it very slow and not put myself in such a restrictive environment. And that's why it's taking longer. However, my body is changing daily, if not weekly. Okay. So I'm not losing as much weight, but I'm a size 36 now from 46. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'm a size XL from 4XL. But I'm still at 282 pounds. You know? So, for me, another thing, apart from educating myself on what it is that I have to eat to not gain weight, but also enjoy food, Okay, and then the other thing is, you know, how to pace it and how to not build all this frustration when I see the scale fluctuate. And I know this is, you know, a, a topic for a lot of people that are in the in the journey of losing weight or in the process of losing weight. It happens. And to me, it happens all the time. So those are kind of the two things that I've been focusing a lot um which is not letting that drive me crazy the fluctuations in the weight and not letting the time that's taking me drive me crazy and but rather enjoy the stages and the levels as you said you know there's the level that i'm at right now gourmet i've never felt better in my entire life you know, from physical activity is not a problem anymore. Going on a walk, going on a walk, going on a run, going on a 45-minute workout with kettlebells and jumping rope and running and, like, no problem at all. So, you know, me and my wife build a little gym in our garage and dude, we're we're working out. We're doing, you know, I'll go in my in my building and I'll do 45 minutes in the stairs, you know, and then I'll do, you know, uh, a strength workout in my in my garage. And we're batch cooking. What we're adopting the Poro diet, which is the rice and the veggie and the chicken or the turkey, um, and I just add avocado and tomato to that. So I'll eat rice, chicken, or turkey with uh, zucchini or broccoli, and I eat uh, avocados and tomatoes. But, but, I'll tell you, man, there's days that we're craving pizza. So those days, instead of buying a large pizza with wings and twists and all this stuff, we just get one small pizza and we share it. And it's three slices, but that's it, you know? And you eat a salad with your pizza. Yeah, your pizza has seven, 800 calories. But if you fasted in the beginning of the day and you're, it, you're in your, you know, within your 
ability to eat it, it's okay. You know, if we want grilled cheese sandwiches, you know, we factor it into our day. Because my, my wife was never uh, overweight, but she's now <laughs> seeing what I do. So she's training with me. And she's, she's lost like 10 pounds during COVID, you know? And she's biking to work, to and from work, you know? And so for us, it's been that shift in mentality because to stay healthy in your 30s means that when you're in your 40s and your 50s, you will carry that, you know? And... You know, the level that I'm in right now is, I don't know, man. It's just completely different. Like, I i read this book from uh, from, an, uh, from a retired Navy SEAL. Uh, it's called Mastering Fear, and I recommend it to anybody that is hesitating to make a decision about something. Because there's several examples on that book that make you go, huh. So this is how you can do this. You know? And so, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, and that book is actually the reason why I hit you up. Because I'm a big, big fan of your show. Like, there's three podcasts that I listen to right now. It's the Real AF from Andy Frisella. I, I, I love all the cursing and all the enthusiastic uh, energy that this dude has. Uh, it just, it just, I, I, you know, I, lo I love the content. Your podcast and then the Work for Change podcast from the Obese to Beast and his brother, Gene, or uh, John, sorry. Um, and so, so I'm, I'm constantly feeding my soul with this information that's out there for me. So that keeps me going. That keeps me going. The results, you know, the fitting on your shirt better, putting your seatbelt on at the airplane. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, it's just so many things that, you know, just I, that, I've, that I've been able to do just because I went and found the information out there that the people are putting out. And, 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 and making it my own in a sense that I've adapted the tools that are out there to benefit me and to put me in a winning situation because that's the most important thing. That at the end of the day, you go and you say, you know what, I killed it today. I did this um, and, and feel proud of what you've accomplished and the people's, the people's lives that you, that you have touched in the process by by no means I'm, I'm no influencer like I'm no like you know I'm not like that at all like I barely post I barely you know I, when I do is because you know because I want to share something but what I want to say is that guys and girls out there you know if you're on the fence you know, start absorbing some of this information that's out there and available for you now that it wasn't available in the past and run with it, run with it and make a change.
Which I think to make sense, and and I think one of the things, like, because you you've gone really in depth, and I, I appreciate you taking the time to really kind of dive deep into, not just kind of the story that got you to your heaviest weight, but how you've been able to kind of put these different pieces together, and for and you know not to get too corny, like, it seems like you know you had to find the different ingredients that you needed, you know, to for put sure. together the recipe for your success and for your health, and it sounds like you know especially with your wife by your side and even adapting during quarantine that you're making, you know, positive lasting changes that don't necessarily have to give you a flashy, incredibly, you know, overnight success, quote unquote, you know, result, but giving you the results that you need to see that you can do all those things that you couldn't do before. And you're able to live your life and have a better relationship with food, which I, I think is, a you know, some people, there's some things that people try that work. And there's some people, things that people could try that don't work. And, you know, obviously, I'm a big proponent of people finding what works for them. And it sounds like you've really kind of honed in on that. So I would say the, the question that's, that's left, man, really is, so what, what is coming next for you? Like, what are your next goals that you're working on? Like, do you, do you think about it that way? Like, how does it, how, how does that really, you know, what does your journey look like going forward? So Gourmet, you know, my biggest thing right now for lack of a better word, is doing all the shit that I couldn't do when I was overweight. You know? Like, I, man, you're a big Disney fan, right? I'm Puerto Rican, and Disney is the official Puerto Rican vacation site. Okay? I went to Disney many times. And as an adult, there was many rides I couldn't fit. So I, I want to I wanna do all the stuff that I couldn't do when I was big. There's, I missed a kayaking trip with my family once. I missed, you know, being able to, you know, ride horseback ride. I, I, so I told my wife that for my 33rd birthday, which is coming up in October, I, I told her I want to, I want to enjoy this fitness. You know, I want to enjoy my fitness. If I can walk somewhere, I want to walk somewhere. You know, if I can work out every day, every day that I can, I'm going to work out every day that I can. If I can eat healthy, I'm going to eat healthy. I want to do all the stuff that I didn't do in the past. So for me, that is one of my biggest goals right now and how I want to move forward. Like I want I don't want to do stuff afraid anymore. I don't want to do stuff worried if I'm going to be able to do it or not, you know. We went on this summer vacation with my family in Vermont, and they were sliding down a hill on these little uh, cars, you know. So during the winter, this thing is for skiing, and then in the summer, you get on these cars and you go down the hill. And weight limit, I couldn't get on it, you know. And others, a lot of shit that I've missed in my life because, you know, you're too big your chest dimensions are too big you know and, and so that's what I told my wife a few days back I said in October I want to do something I want to or go to the Carolinas and find something outdoors that we can do or somewhere here you know now we live in New Jersey and now I work in New York City but um, you know and, and I would just want to find something to do that 
I couldn't do. And then the other thing is that, you know, I, I don't have a weight a, 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 a weight goal in mind. Um, I just want to see what my body will do once I continue treating it nicely, you know? So if I'm sleeping correctly, if I'm eating correctly, if I'm having physical activity, if I'm putting good stuff in my brain, like I want to see how far I can get, you know, because, yes, go ahead. No, go ahead. Because when you are in that situation that most of us that listen to this podcast or, or, When we're in this situation, you know, we sometimes don't know how to get out. So that, that's, you know, that's that's what I'm thinking. You know, I I I I want to see what my body does. You know, I want to see how how far I can push it. You I, know, I think that sounds great, man, and I, I have no doubts. You know that you're gonna you're gonna keep pushing and and see those incredible things happen for yourself, like. I think you're showing us all that um, it, it is possible to go from a place where you you kind of like gave up on, on caring, you know, focused on other things, but you're able to come back around and, and put the focus on your health in a way that you need to, that still allows you to be successful in other areas of your life. And I think that's something that people struggle with is sometimes they think that they have to sacrifice one thing for the other. And I think finding that place of balance is a much more powerful, powerful discovery. And it sounds like that's the road that you're definitely on. For sure, brother. Cool. Well, Xavier, I we've gone really in depth into your story today and I don't want to take up your whole day, man, but I just really want to say thank you for, for coming on the show and, and really taking the time to dive into everything for the audience. Yeah, Gourmet, I, man, again, you do incredible work, you know? to me is like I I am on your page all the time I'm looking at your food I'm looking at all the stuff you're involved with like and the people and the community that has been built with all the guys and girls out there that are doing this and dude thank you so much for this you know this podcast is amazing um, and it just brings us together you know you're not alone you know the other you know people that have been on your show they're not alone you know we're not we're all together on this and you know i want to again thank you for the opportunity uh and, and thank you for everything that you do man because it's it's really i couldn't do it you know everybody thinks that you know, doing all these things is, 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 you know, easy and cool. And it is cool, but it's, it's a hard thing to maintain and to keep at it. And so I appreciate you for, for everything that you do for the, the weight loss community that we have on Instagram and, and for everything that you do for us here at the Fat Guy Forum, man, I appreciate you a lot. Well, thanks, man. I, I truly appreciate that. Are you ready for your run through the Fat Guy Five? Dude, I'm so ready. <laughs> okay, so we got five questions, five quick answers, man. Let's yep. dive into it. Question number one, 
Xavier, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? My favorite fat guy, his name is Joel Abar. Joel Abar was my uh, friend and uh, co-worker. Uh, he was pretty big. Um, we actually had the big boys club in, in, in Amelia, uh, where we used to work. And uh, this guy worked day in and day out, just like me. And we were both big. So he's my favorite fat guy for all this stuff that we did together. So, yep. There we go. I like it. Question number two. What is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? <sighs> you can't fit 10 pounds of poo-poo in a five-pound bag. You know, sometimes you're trying to hide all this stuff, you know, but it overspills. It it overflows. You know, you if it doesn't fit, then what do you do to make it fit? You know, and that applies to a lot of things. So that's, uh, I hope people can read in between my, <laughs> like my examples. Like <laughs> Question number three, Xavier, what is one behavior you think that people could start doing today that would allow them to begin their journey? <sighs> I think that one behavior that really, uh, will change the way you look at things is being kind to yourself. Oftentimes, people are very harsh on themselves due to things that you can't control. So be kind to yourself and love yourself and start acting that way and you'll see the difference. I like it, man. Question number four. Xavier, tell us what is one thing about yourself that you love? Man, I love that I can come in a room and and talk to people and uh, be able to connect. You know, I, 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 I this is one of the things I love about myself is being able to be friendly and being able to, you know, strike a conversation with people and, um, and yeah, I, I just love being able to put myself out there um, so that people can then, you know, learn what I've gone through and I can learn what I, what they've gone through. There we go, man. And question number five, Xavier, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? <sighs> man, I, I, I want to be a successful executive chef. You know, I, I, that is, you know my dream and yeah i've i've this this time in my life like i you know i just became an executive chef in january and then COVID happened so one of my goals right now is surviving uh this uh, and then getting back into it stronger than ever and you know putting my footprint uh wherever it is that i end up and just become a badass executive chef of an establishment and mentor people um that's one of the most rewarding things uh it would be to be able to continue and working and mentoring young cooks i like it man i like that a lot 
So, Xavier, just one more time, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. If people want to connect with you, how can they find you? So, um, on Instagram, which is the page that I use the most, is uh, my Instagram handle is at Chev Xavier Perez. And then on Facebook, it's just Xavier Perez. Um, I don't use Twitter or anything like that, but... You know, if you if you want to contact me, send me a direct message and, you know, I'll be happy to, you know, talk to people. It, it's it's, you know, something that I don't do because, you know, I, I don't have that platform. But, hey, if you need somebody to talk to, if you need somebody to, you know, chat about anything, just hit me up. At Chef Xavier Perez on Instagram. There we go, man. I will make sure that those links are in the show notes for people to track you down too, because you know there might be maybe there's another young budding chef out there who who has some questions, you know, and they're dealing with their weight struggles and you know need some help navigating that world. And I, I think you'd be a great resource for them. So everyone, you can also find me on Instagram. You can connect with me at gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. You can track me down on Twitter at GourmetGoesKeto. If you want to find more about working with me in a one-on-one coaching environment or getting involved with our group coaching, you can track me down at theketoroad.com slash coach dash Mike. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And hey, take a break from all that contact with me and do something amazing today, my friends, because you are amazing people. And then come on back and catch us again on the next Fat Guy Forum.